I'm George Faust. And I'm Madeline Adams. And this is Inside Cajun Nation. KLFY presents Inside Cajun Nation. Sponsored by Dudley DeBosier, official injury lawyers of the Louisiana Rage and Cajuns. Hi, hello, and welcome to Inside Cajun Nation. I'm George Faust, joined as always by Madeline Adams. Another week of big-time Cajun news with the announcement of head coach Billy Napier's contract extension and raise. Plus, a former Cajun basketball player is giving back to the Lafayette community. All of that and much more on tonight's show. Thanks so much for joining us. We get things started with a little hard work. You know, Madeline, it that's pays right. off, and that's yeah. the case for <laughs> UL head football coach Billy Napier, who's earned himself another contract extension and increase. Well, coach Billy Napier has been able to do over the past three seasons quite impressive. Three bowl games, two wins in those games, and a 28-11 record with three appearances in the conference championship game. What may be even more impressive is the Sunbelt record of the past two seasons. A whopping 14-2 in regular season conference play, this new contract extension increases his salary to $2 million. Napier's base salary will increase to $400,000 per year along with a contingent benefit from the RCAF of $1.6 Now, the deal makes Coach Napier the first $2 million Sunbelt coach and the highest paid in the conference, which he already was. Napier makes nearly $1.2 million more than Texas State's head coach. This extension will run through December of 2025. In addition to Coach Napier's extension, a host of Cajun coaches will get new contracts. UL men's basketball coach Bob Marlin gets an additional year until 2023 and possibly 2024 if they win the Sun Belt or make the tournament as an at-large bid. Women's basketball coach Gary Broadhead, his contract will extend into 2024. He led the Cajuns into the regular season title and with a WNIT appearance. Baseball coach Matt Degg, softball coach Jerry Glasgow, and soccer coach Lance Key also going to see some incentives to their current deals. All right, still to come on Inside Cajun Nation, you don't want to go away. The university gets a huge donation to help improve facilities. We'll hear from Coach Napier and Dr. Brian Maggard about the effect of this donation. That's when we return on Inside Cajun Nation. This portion of Cajun Nation is brought to you by Lafayette Coca-Cola Bottling. All right, welcome back to the show. George Faust here, Madeline Adams there, and you are right there. Now, uh, <laughs> philanthropic, that's an easy <laughs> that's word, a hard to, word say. to say, yeah. uh, gift. Uh, there was one of those made to UL, uh, and one of the biggest in UL, UL athletic history. Uh, Cajun Field will soon go under uh, major renovations due to that. Yeah, $15 million donation over 15 years from Our Lady of Lords will help to provide the most extensive renovation since the facility was opened in 1971. Stadium naming rights also going to Our Lady of Lords. So the finished product product will be called Cajun Field at Our Lady of Lords Stadium. Some of the new features will include premium suites in the West Tower, a club level and club seats, along with a new video board lights and sound system. The club area will also accommodate a dining facility for over 400 Raging Cajun student athletes. Football head coach Billy Napier spoke after the press conference about the impact of his team's new home. The game day venue um, it certainly is going to impact our ability to recruit and acquire talent, um, young men with talent, young men with character, but the fan experience, right? Um, I think the quality of the seating uh, just the overall uh, beginning to end experience for the fan I think is going to improve. 
I, mean, I think it positions you well to, to continue momentum. So I think that's, uh, you know, I know for us it's going to be a lot about momentum. We certainly have that now, and this is just, you know, a huge, a huge part of that. Renovating this football stadium is, is kind of the last piece of the, of the major puzzle, puzzle from a facility standpoint. We know that, as Coach mentioned, you know, you have a first-class facility. It's going to help with recruiting. It's going to help with attendance, and that usually results in more revenue, which we need. We're just, you know, we're at the point where we're having great success on the field. We're nationally ranked, and it's just time, you know, to, to get this project done and get moving on the fast track of getting big. All right, the Lafayette Parks and Recreation Department hosting a basketball tournament all this weekend. The Zydeco Hoop Fest featuring 110 teams registered 85% of those teams from Louisiana. Former Cajun Hoop star Brian Jolivet from Above All Sports sponsored the event. And we'll have some big time help. Brian Mitchell served as a guest speaker and Cupid is a co-sponsor. Brian remembers his time in the Vermilion and White quite well and says doing events like this since 2003 offers him the chance to give back to those who need it most. We were a class B high school, Holy Rosary, okay. but we really made, made people pay attention to us in 1980. We started winning the 5A tournaments and so forth. And in this tournament, I beat Northside in this tournament. It's a big thing, you know, in the neighborhood, 5A school, Class B. So we started getting a lot of recognition. And then I attended USL and played at USL under Bobby Pascoe and Marty Fletcher and um, uh, Coach Broussard, Danny Broussard. I played against Danny in high school when he was at Fatima, coaching at Fatima. Then he coached me at USL. And I have fond memories. I, I, we went to the Final Four of the NIT in uh, 1981 and it was beautiful. I still have my ring, I still have the watch. I had a couple of friends that I played ball with visited me in Houston and they were talking about some of the old, old days. So I said, I wanna show you something. So I brought them upstairs and I show them this. I have my shrine is what I call it. Sure. I keep everything. I showed them every book, program guide of every college game I played in, I have. I have pictures, I have ticket stubs, I have went to Hawaii, I have postcards, I have everything. And it's just fond memories. And if basketball was so impactful for me in my life, and I majored in computer science and played basketball, it was very difficult. But I realized at a young age that if somebody's gonna pay for my education, I wanna maximize the opportunity. That's not the mindset of kids today. Kids go to college and play ball and they just happen to go to school. Well, for me, it was I went to school and I happened to play basketball. So I want to be able to impart some of these, some of these words of wisdom to these kids and let them know that you could live a decent life by graduating from college and not playing basketball after that. Uh, great words there from Brian Jolivet, former Raging Cajun basketball player. Hey, still to come on Inside Cajun Nation, we'll have a Sunday conversation with LSU Eunice's Jeff Willis. Willis just coached his LSU Eunice Bengals to their seventh national championship in junior college baseball. You don't want to miss that conversation. That's coming up next after the break. Well, welcome back to the show and uh, so pleased to be joined 
by the head coach of the LSU Unis baseball program, the national champs. It's Jeff Willis. And Jeff, thanks for the time, first off, and congratulations. I appreciate you having me, George. I mean, exciting time, um, exciting part of the year, and, and just coming off that that win that we had, that, that thriller, that, that just everything that you know, accompanying that you know, the other day with our kids, just a special moment, just so excited for those kids. When, when you look at the season that it was, uh, I mean, did you kind of know from the start? I mean, you, you guys were ranked number one early on, uh, but things progressed through the year. Did you see this team grow even though they were already number one in the country? Well, I, I mean, you, you look at those kids and a lot of things have to go right for that to happen. And, mm -hmm. and I tell you, the one thing that separated them from, from other teams that may have not been able to accomplish that was just their chemistry. You know, how much they loved each other and how much they loved to work, how much they loved the mundane, how much they just loved to grind away. Um, but then again, them being able to put their arm around each other and love each other as, uh, as brothers. And I think a lot of that comes from the previous year when, you, when you're shut down for COVID and you know a season gets pulled out from underneath you after you're 21-0 and kind of rocking and rolling and having a lot of things going your way. And then life happens and we all know life's not fair. We all know um, that things are going to occur and, and it's not necessarily what happens, but what happens after you get punched in the mouth or you're going to get back up when that adversity hits. And just, just that brotherhood and how much they loved each other, put their arm around each other um, through the thick and the thin, through the adversity of the COVID, but also through injuries throughout the year and just the chemistry that they were able to come to the table with. It's quite impressive to watch your programming. Mean, you've built this thing up to, to seven-time national champs. And when you get to a, a, a Enid and you go to Oklahoma, is there a familiarity now that you, I guess, the, if I don't know how many guys actually talk to each other, hey, we've been there, this is what you expect, or do you guys have that kind of calming effect? It's kind of like when you walk through the doors, you're like, oh, we're, we're here again. <laughs> we, know, we, we know what to expect. Well, I mean, your roster's changing over so much sure. for the two-year institution, and very rarely, unless you go back-to-back -back years, do you have a holdover from a previous year. That, we had one hold, holdover. Noah Beeson was back on our team 2018, had an injury. With, then with COVID, he was able to be back with us. Um, but as coaches, you know, one of the things we always do once we qualify for that, we're able to set them down and let them understand we, we know how the schedule goes. We know the restaurants. Um, big, big thing that happened for us back in 2009 when the first year that we went was a big thing for us to take all the Mardi Gras beads that we could get a hold of and make sure we went up there and put them into the businesses and the hotels and the restaurants and um, had people outside the stadium making sure that we're handing those beads out. Because anytime we have a chance to, to share the culture of Acadiana, with the rest of this world and, and all the special unique things that are about us as in, in Cajun land, um, we want to be able to do that. And so we did that. And so we're, we're the team that if an Oklahoma team's not necessarily playing, they're going to root for us just because of everything that we bring up there. Um, and just the, the, uh, the, the, the sheer work that our kids are going to put in, but also the smiles that we're going to have on our faces and that we just enjoy playing the game and getting after it. Yeah, it's got to help a little bit that you guys have kind of, as co as a coaching staff, kind of been there, done that. They they can kind of rely on you guys to go. Look, this is what we're doing. This is where we're going. Uh, we know, you know, we can turn here and it's not illegal. You know, <laughs> <laughs> things like that. Uh, t tell me about this year. You, you you've had some stellar players. I, I know Peyton Lejeune uh, is one guy who a lot of people around here know who he is. Played at Turlings. Uh, is a, ba a big baseball name around this part, in these parts, and uh, just talk about what he meant to the team this year. Well, just just his his uh, presence around and, and the maturity that he brought to practice every day, brought to the ballpark, 
maturity in the clubhouse. Um, you know, you know, Peyton's a grinder. Peyton's you know a, a tough kid. You know, and adversity hits him, he's going to get back up. And and just his calming effect of never making the moment too big than what it actually is, and staying in the moment, and being where his feet are. Those are attributes that you want in any young person that you want to be around. Um, and then when you've put him together with all of those other kids, you know, you've got Hunter Tab over at first base from Acadiana High School, and um, Hunter had a tremendous year. And you know, walk on player force, walk on and turn himself into a scholarship player. And, you know, just Hunter's ability to lead um, and be a part of that captain's group along with Peyton. And then you go to second base, Jack Merrifield, one of our, our three-hole hitter, will be over in, in, in Baton Rouge with the Tigers next year at LSU. And Brady Abre at shortstop will be on Tulane's roster next year and, and, and just a mainstay there at shortstop. And then, you know, that pitching staff and what they were able to bring, we just had a veteran presence. And it started with last year when COVID hit and those guys came off of the year of 2019 when we finished as the runner-up at that regional tournament and there was a bad taste in their mouth and they came back for 2020, 21 and 0, rocking and rolling and then that gets pulled out from underneath them. And then a lot of those guys we're talking about had division one scholarships and they could have left this last year, but they came back. They came back and saw something special. Um, as a coach, that's very, very moving when you mm. see these kids that have a dream of playing division one baseball and they forego that for a year to come back because they have, you know feel like they have unfinished business. You know, we owe a lot to those kids just not um, with what type of baseball player they are, but what type of human being and what kind of men they actually are. How hard is it to uh, to, to sustain a program like this? I, so I, I worked in Mississippi for a while, and I, I covered Meridian Community College, mm -hmm. and Scott Berry was the coach, and he's now the coach at USM, mm -hmm. but he was the coach at MCC back then. And, and they, they went to, I think, two Grand Junction yep. uh, is where they played their college world or their ju junior college world series. Uh, but how hard is that? So they had a pretty good program and they only went twice. Um, but what is the challenge in, in, in creating a dynasty like well, that? Well, I think it, what it is, is, is you got to show up, want to work. You know, when August rolls around and you go to recruit, um, you know, and you start day one from, you know, learning how to run the first base. We're very detailed oriented. We want to make, well, I mean, the first day we're going to go out there and learn how to run the first base the same way. If you've got all these kids from all these different programs, there's a certain way to run the first base. And little did we know in the 14th inning, us running the first base the correct way was able to get us a run. And so there's the littlest things like that that we're very detailed oriented. I tell people all the time, you know, if you're in junior college athletics, you can go from the penthouse to the outhouse very, very quickly. Um, if you're not willing to work and so we've got to continue to show up grind away get after it um, But then again, if you're in if you're in it for the right reasons and you're not in, in it for Trophies and things like that and you're in in it for for the kids and making an impact on them and you see the bigger picture of who they are Want to become husbands and fathers themselves those are the things that truly, truly matter. Those are the things that pass the test of time. And, and we're in a day and age where we're chasing all kinds of things. We're chasing championships. We're chasing money. We're chasing power. We're chasing fame. We're, pay, we're chasing all these wrong things that are going to pass away when we should be chasing the things that are going to last lifetimes, um, going to pass from generation to generation and actually make those young people, if we're around young people, or just walking down the street, making those other people around us better. And I tell people all the time, you're one of two people. You're a person that wants to give energy to the person next to you, or you're a person that wants to suck the energy from the, from the person next to you. One of those is very, very selfless, and the other one is very, very selfless. 
And so the, the idea is let's have some energy, let's get after it, let's see the bigger picture, let's take and our young people that we have and not necessarily make them the, be the best baseball players we can, but let's make them the best young men they can possibly be. So that is able to breathe, breathe out onto other people around them, but also into their own children. So that's our motivating factor. Yeah. Um, and I think the bigger picture is that, and then all these other things start to fall in place. Yeah, it seems to be working, and, and <clears throat> you've done a great job there at LSU Eunice. We're going to have more with Coach Willis when we return right here on Inside Cajun Nation. Welcome back to the show. George Faust alongside Jeff Willis. They just won at LSU Eunice their seventh national baseball championship NJCAA World Series championship. Coach, congratulations again on that. A uh, uh, lot, uh, lot of talk right now about different uh, openings across the state uh, with regards to baseball. There's one uh, down the road in Baton Rouge that a lot of people are talking about. Have you ever been contacted about that? Do you have any interest in something like that? Uh, What's, what's your take on a, 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 an opening like that? Well, I, I think, you know, when, when you're in the coaching world, those things are going to happen. You know, those things are going to happen. Those things are going to swirl around. And, and, you know, those questions come every single year. You know, Coach, you're, you're here. You've had some success. What's going on outside of that? Um, I know this. I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be right now. I know where I'm at right now is where God wants me to be. There's no doubt in my mind. There's no doubt in my family's mind. Um, that where we're at is where we're supposed to be, and we're not going to take that for granted. Um, can that change in, in you know, two weeks? Could that change in, in six years or 20 years? It could all change. You just don't know. Um, but again, where we're at is where we're actually supposed to be right now. And so no, no conversations with anyone about uh, any openings? Well, there's a lot of information that's out there right now, <laughs> and I, I would tell you where we're at is where we're supposed to be. You're pretty successful. I, I, I think a lot of a lot of Tiger fans are, are freaking out about the job. Uh, it's interesting because one of the best coaches I've ever had a chance to cover coached here at uh, in Lafayette at UL, uh, and that was of course Tony Robichaux. And I, I've never had a chance to talk talk with you in depth about Coach Robichaux, and, and the, because when I talk to you, I hear a lot of what he used to tell us. Uh, uh, you know, being that we covered him daily. Yeah. Um, it, can you just, just I know it's been what a, uh, almost two years. Uh, I think coming up on uh, two years since his passing. But uh, July third. Yeah. Uh, what What do you take uh, from him? And is there anything? Did you have conversations? Yeah, and I, I can tell you this. I mean, when, when I got there in the fall of 2002, the first phone call I made was coach, to Coach Robe, and um, you know I played in the Sun Belt Conference, so I played against UL. Um, back then, and and so there was always this you know stature that was around him in the in the UL baseball program, and and he was one of the first phone calls I wanted to make. And what I didn't know was 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 what he was able to go through as far as how young he got the job over at McNeese, um, and and what him and his wife were doing at McNeese. You know, they're cleaning the bathrooms, they're doing all these little things to try to make that program what it was. And he gets over here, and and so those conversations, just the mentorship that he provided. I tell people all the time, if you if you want to have a Mount Rushmore of college baseball coaches, the greatest of all time, Tony Robichaux has to be on that has to be on that list and has to be you know on 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 that Mount Rushmore of coaches and not necessarily what what you know had tremendous wins, tremendous ball clubs, but more importantly, what what he did with those young people that ran through there and seeing the big picture of what coaching should be about. 
um, should be about having the impact on the lives there. And so, you know, just someone I was able to lean on and, and phone call away, a text away, and, and uh, just someone that I looked up to tremendously and, and has shaped my coaching career, has shaped my thought process. Um, and I don't know if I can really put that into words of what he's meant to myself and, and even our program over there through the years. And we've had a lot of players that have run through us that have wound up over at UL and on that baseball field. And just I was very lucky, very, very blessed to know him be able to call him a mentor, be able to call him a friend, um, was, was always going to pick up the phone and answer, you know, answer your call. Absolutely. One of the, one of the classiest coaches I've ever had a chance to talk to and, and cover. And I actually interviewed him uh, right before he passed, the Thursday before he passed. So it was really uh, surreal to hear that happen. Uh, speaking of the Raging Cajuns, they uh, we'll get one of your players next year, right? Mm, yeah, Jake Hammond. That, as far, uh, just one as far as we know right now. Yeah, we're, we, we were lucky. Jake has, was a mainstay, one of, one of our best arms. We used him in the closer position, you know, just a guy that always wanted the ball. Um, very, very cool, calm, and collected when he took that mound. Um, was able to stay in that moment, not make it bigger than what it was ever. Um, you know, that championship game didn't play out like we wanted to and like our coaching staff could, could kind of planned it out. The idea was to start McGivney, try to get four or five innings out of him, turn it over to Andershock um, for a couple of innings, and then have Jake kind of close it out with, you know, two innings, possibly maybe a third inning. Little did we know we had to run him out there in that fifth inning to try <laughs> to get through that. And next thing you know, where he's pitching all the way through the 12th inning. And longest outing that he had, I think it was 112 pitches, um, but just out there and grinded away and got after it. And, you know, a kid that, you know, I've got two daughters, and, and hopefully my two daughters will find someone like Jake Hammond one day. Gotcha. Uh, are you are you Im impressed with just how you've been able to kind of win so much? I mean, I, I I know that's not what it's all about, but it's 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 impressive, isn't it? I mean, do, do you ever sit back and go, "Wow, we've been here eight times, we've won seven? I I, I don't know those numbers. That's not something I'm keeping <laughs> track of. Um, I think the, the bigger number is to make sure the young people that run through us or are getting through us, having the opportunity to move their baseball career on, um, those are the things that matter. And, and we talk all the time, our goal is not to win the game. Our goal is to play the best game we're capable of playing, though. And, and some years we do that, and some years we don't. And um, that's a process. And I think if you take care of the process, the results will actually take care of themselves. Good stuff. Anything else you wanted to add? Well, I, I appreciate you and what you do for the community. I appreciate what KLFY means to the community um, from the news standpoint, the sports standpoint. Um, you know, it, it's, a, it's a day and age that, that we continue to, to, be able to uh, be able to lean on our news media to give us what we need to have, and I appreciate all the hard work that you guys do. Well, thank you for that, and appreciate you uh, taking some time to spend with us uh, on this night. That's Jeff Willis, his uh, LSU Eunice Bengals. Our national champs once again. Uh, you're gonna have to clear up a spot, put it up there on the on the batting cages there. I know y'all got the years <laughs> up there. It looks good on TV. I'm just saying yeah. you gotta you gotta keep that up. <laughs> Coach, thanks for the thanks time. Thanks a lot. Appreciate All it. All right, that's gonna do it for tonight. We hope you have a great week, and we'll see you next time.